Would you bow your heads in prayer? Gracious Father, thank you that you invite us into your house today to sit at your feet, to hear your word. Work in us by your spirit, Lord. Work in this place that this church would bear the marks of your presence in all things. In your name we pray. Amen. There is a lesson I've had to learn over and over again in life and ministry. In the immortal words of my wife, Linda, Wayne, it's not all about you. I've always been someone who worries about what other people are thinking or saying. Is this person angry? Is, is that person upset? And there was a time at, a, at an elders meeting in Texarkana when I voiced that worry and one of the elders looked across the table at me and, and gave me this great pearl of wisdom. He said, Pastor Braun, people don't think about you near as often as you think they do. In other words, Pastor, it's not all about you. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who needs to learn that lesson. One of the greatest temptations of life is to believe everything revolves around me or revolves around you. You see it in all sorts of ways, when you act all inconvenienced because, and put out because your husband or your wife interrupted what you were doing because they wanted something, you to do something for them. When you pout because you don't like what's for dinner. When you envy someone else for getting the promotion or getting what you thought you deserved. When we ask the question, why God? Why me? Why is this happening? As if our situation in life is really the only thing God should be concerned about. For I remember a member in a previous church, long-term member who was put out because People listened to the opinion of a newer member. She thought that her opinion, since she'd been there longer, should count more in the decision. If anybody remember, there's a Jim Carrey movie called The Truman Show. A number of years ago, in The Truman Show, uh, he's this guy named Truman that Carey plays is part of a great television experiment. He, uh, he's born in a, and, and begins his life in a huge studio inside which encompasses the known world to Truman. And he's surrounded by all sorts of paid actors who are there to give Truman experiences, experiences that the rest of the world, unbeknownst to Truman, watches on TV. Truman's world literally revolved around Truman. Folks, that's what's happening when we make it all about what we want. All about ourselves. Folks, 
there are things in life that remind us that it's not all about you or me. I remember when my dad died. It sort of bothered me. I've heard other people who are grieving say this, that the world goes on. The people continue to live their life. Don't they know my dad died? A reminder that doesn't all revolve around me or you. The problem, you see, with being the center of your own universe is you can't handle the job. Life reminds you, as I said. If what you count on to get through life is how smart you are, that you're smart enough to handle any problem, I can guarantee there's going to be something come along that reminds you you aren't as smart as you think you are. If being popular and well-liked is what matters to you, life will have a way of bringing people into your life that, believe it or not, don't like you. If it's success, what's going to happen when you fail? Because you will. Think of the woman at the well. Why did she come out to draw water at the heat of the day rather than in the morning when everyone else came out? Because she was sure that everyone was talking about her. Think about her reaction when Jesus talks to her about living water. Sir, she says, give me this water so I won't, have to be, won't be thirsty and have to come here to draw water every day. And think of her reaction when Jesus says, go call your husband. And she answers, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you're right. That you have in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you said is true. You notice what she did right after that? She changed the subject. Where do you worship? We worship here. You Jews say there. She didn't want to talk about the mess she'd made of her life, making it revolve around her. Reminded. Sorry for all the Jim Carrey references. I'm reminded of another Jim Carrey movie, Bruce Almighty. Bruce complains that God isn't taking care of Bruce very well. So God decides to teach Bruce a lesson. He makes him God for a weekend. God over, of all places, Buffalo, New York. That's where I'd want to be God. Bruce makes a mess of everyone's life. Because he can't handle God's job. You can't either. I can't. Reminds me of a story in the book of Acts. Paul is in Athens and he's walking around and he notices that they're very religious, you know, and got all sorts of gods and idols everywhere. And one thing he begins to notice is they all have reflections of of human characteristics, the one God reflecting the human glory of war, another God reflecting man's intellectual ability, another reflecting human love. In essence, they were worshiping mirrors. Their gods were reflections of them. 
And that's the problem. God is not meant to be a reflection of you or of me. We're meant to be reflections of Him. God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. That's why worship is so important that alongside the Word of God and baptism and communion and the office of the keys and the office of pastor, alongside all of that, Luther lists worship as one of the marks of the church. Listen to his words. Six, the holy Christian people are externally recognized by public by prayer, public praise and thanksgiving to God. Where you see and hear the Lord's prayer prayed and taught are psalms and other spiritual songs sung. In accordance with the Word of God and the and the true faith, also the creed, the Ten Commandments, and the catechism used in public, you may rest assured that a holy Christian people of God are present. The people say this, Pastor, you'll hear it once in a while. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. My church is the outdoors. I, I worship God out in creation, walking through the woods. And I, and I understand that I love God's creation too. I, I, it, it shows us His invisible qualities. Paul tells us that. But there is something that God does here that He doesn't do necessarily out there in the woods. See, worship is designed from beginning to end to get you, to get me, out of the center of your universe, my universe. We begin not in our own name, but in God's name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then we confess what a mess we've made of things by making the world revolve around us. And we hear His word of forgiveness. And then we read His word. Gather to hear what He would say to us. Just like we talked about in the, in the children's message today. Come to this altar so that He can serve us with His body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. In worship, God moves you out of His seat for your own good. We come back weekly because you and I are a lot like my dog, Maggie. I get up and go to the kitchen and when I'm gone, inevitably Maggie slips right back into my seat. And every week, we leave here, and somehow we try to slip right back into God's place. Think about that. See, we don't belong there. Now, what is God's place? That is. The cross is God's place. There He died for you and me. There on the cross, He paid the price for our wanting to make everything about ourselves. 
there He redeemed us, purchased us. And He will not allow you, will not allow me to have that place because we can't afford that cost. Reminds me of a story, and no, this isn't about this young pastor. It's about a young pastor who was feeling overwhelmed by all the problems he met in the parish, and he went to see a therapist. He was having such problems. The therapist looked at him and said to him, Pastor, you can try to die for the sins of the people you serve, but you ain't going to rise again. Folks, in other words, Pastor, you aren't the Savior. Jesus is. Folks, you aren't the Savior. Jesus is. And so he comes to you in worship and he says, move over. Let me have my place. And I'll give you the place I prepared for you. Place in my Father's house. There are many rooms. And there you can be with me forever. And you know what we're going to be doing in that eternity with God? Well, listen to this word from Scripture. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. Now, I had somebody say to me, no, Pastor, heaven sounds pretty boring because I just don't like singing. And if that's all we're going to do is sing or play harps, I don't like harps either. Folks, that misses the point. The worship of heaven is everything you do there because you do it for Him. Because finally and fully in eternity, the burden is lifted from your shoulders. The weight of thinking that it all revolves around you. In heaven, the weight of the world will no longer be on your shoulders. And you at last will know exactly to whom it belongs. That the weight of the world belongs to God. Not you. And you will at last and forever be eternally free to be whom God intended you to be. His beloved child. His son. His daughter. That's what our Weekly worship is intended to do. We come here so that God can take the burden away. So He can lift it from your shoulders. Give you a taste of what He has in store for you in the world to come. Where there are no burdens. Ever. So what do you look for in a church? What should you expect from fishers? You should expect that kind of worship. Not worship that revolves around what you like or don't like. What hymns you like or songs you don't like. Worship that revolves around Him. That's focused on and centered in God, His Word, law and gospel. His power, grace, and mercy. Worship that's centered in Jesus.
Because as Jesus said, that's the worship that God desires. Those who worship Him. In spirit and in truth. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.